Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in to 11 Personnel presented by Monticello Bank where today... This guy, Nick Roush, and that guy, Adam Luckett, we're going to preview the Cats and Missouri. And uh, we're going to be joined by a familiar voice for folks around Kentucky here in the second half of the show, Jason Anderson. Y'all remember him? Uh, was it The Drive? Was that his show? Uh, the Zone. The Zone. Yeah, The Zone. There we go. Uh, the Drive is the other Drive Time Mobile show. Uh, but yeah, Jason Anderson, he was on ESPN 680 here for like 10 years. Kansas City guy, huge Missouri fan. He still sheds a tear every time you say the name of Mod Wagner. So we're excited to have him on to see if he has some belief in Drinkwitz and Co. and preview this upcoming game. And hell, he still talks about him for a living. You know, he's in KC. So should be uh, an enlightening conversation. Um, and uh, we also got to talk about a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Luckett has uh, has some things on his mind that have been just weighing on him for a few days, and I'm looking forward to hearing. Uh, we got uh, some, I think, some encouraging things off the, the bounce back, if you will. But first, let me remind you that we are presented by Monticello Bank. They've been in business for 100 million years for a reason. It's not actually 100 million years, but they're almost as old as the Commonwealth of Kentucky because they're putting the people of Kentucky first. It's where people matter. They've got 21 branches in 14 counties across the state. So whether you're doing a little mobile banking with the GoNBC mobile app or visiting NBCBank.com or whether you need to get a loan to buy a house, the best rates you will find are with your local bank at Monticello Bank. Equal housing lender, member FDIC, Monticello Bank, NBCBank.com. Thanks to our friends at Monticello Bank. Look it, I had to get... I had to say nice things about Monticello Bank because I have a feeling you have some not so um, pleasant words to share. I know you're a little worked up. Um, and before we get right into it, I will say it was um, it was one of those things where we we heard Mark Stoops just kind of eat crow forever and ever. And he was even eating crow for the first half of that coach's show. Uh, we were getting ready for the podcast on Monday night and completely missed – him saying to Jason from Louisville, which uh, who knows, Jason. Yeah, Jason. But you know what? I got respect for Jason. He saw something on his mind. He was ticked off about it. He called in. He put his money where his mouth did. I respect the hell out of that, um, even though I, I don't agree with Jason, but I respect him for having the cojones to do it. Uh, Mark Stoops, he ate some crow for a while, and he said, you know, um, George has won. It's a one. It's one and everybody else, and he kind of deviated from that. He deviated from that a little bit, and in the midst of it, you know, they've got eighty-five good players. If we want to get there, pony up. It's legal now. They bought a lot of good players, and um, the the backlash from that. Look at. I appreciated that the coaches were just like, yeah, um, duh. Like it, they paid for players, like Kirby and. Nick got all mad at each not Kirby and Nick. Nick and Jimbo got mad at each other over it. 
but like everybody knows now like no yeah we're just we're, we're paying for players like that's part of the game now it's legal but the timing of it a lot of folks didn't like and stoops even admitted he's like you know uh, on the teleconference he's like i like i love our fan base i probably should have told him that you know we're on the mountaintop, but that hump, getting over the hump is like climbing Mount Everest. It's a big hump. And I, I, I think that's the point that you might be trying to make like it. Um, Kentucky's beaten a lot of good football teams, but that Georgia football team, uh, one of the clips Kubrick put out the other day, Kentucky played perfect defense. They had to have four guys put individual wins, and they still almost got a 20-yard gain on the Cats. That Georgia football team is a pretty darn good football team. Yeah, let's a lot to unpack here. Yep. Let's just let's start off here. Uh, Mark Stoops, the coach's show that, that he he shouldn't have said it the way he said it. That was not the way to handle that. Um, it's on not a little arrogant, you know. On a coach's yep. show, after you get pistol whipped, probably shouldn't ask for nil money. Uh, Nick, the people listed in the coach's show probably not the people giving a lot of nil money either, right? Because uh, the people getting and uh, giving big nil money can get one on one. They're, they're going was, to practices right. or they're fundraisers yeah. or whatever. So that was just, it was, it was an un, it was a dig he should not have taken there right. in my opinion. Um, and he, but he did, he did kind of like, you weren't paying attention if you thought he, he would just, that he wasn't taking any fault for the loss. He took it on the chin in the post game. He took it on the chin on Monday's press conference. You just weren't paying attention if you didn't, if you thought that that's what his overall message was. Right. And I think his NIL comments, I don't necessarily agree with them a hundred percent. Nick, I could be, I could become, I could strike oil out here in Mount Washington so and what? I could become the richest man on the universe, in the universe. Yep. And I could give all this money to Kentucky. I can make Kentucky the new Oregon. The Georgia Bulldogs would still get better players than the Kentucky roster. I would help create. I would help create. There's no getting around that. Like that, but that is just where Kentucky is. Just on the food chain. There's nothing you can do about that. It's a hundred like, years of success and program pedigree, national championships. Like if all I was that. a bill, if I was a billionaire, what I would do is I would probably make an IMG Academy here. So Kentucky would have a better chance to get players, but those players would come from somewhere else. Right. Like there's only so much you can do from that aspect. You brought up a great point. Just watch at the stadium. The starting lineup is Watkinsville, Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, McDonough, yeah. Georgia. Yeah. Uh, it's on uh, Cartersville, Georgia, <laughs> right, uh, Chatsworth, right. Georgia. Columbus. Yeah. yeah. It's on <laughs> yeah, and yeah. on and on. They're just in the backyard there. So that is something Kentucky has to fight against. All the time, so I didn't. I didn't agree with with that statement that Stoops had, and that's why I felt like it was a dig because I know he knows that too. Um, he was just taking a little dig there. I didn't feel that way, and I don't want to single out Jason here because he's the one who had the cojones to call in on the Colin show. And but a say ton that. of people shared that stat. But I hear well that stat, and just overall, there's a bunch of angst about the program that it's kind of unfounded to me in a lot of different ways, and that's what I kind of want to get into here. All right, okay. let's talk about this stat, this winning record stat. This is a stat that fan bases that don't like your team use to discredit something you're doing on the field. This it's it's like what when in the off season when Locke and like the U of L sports radio hacks start like 
Kentucky don't play nobody. They don't beat nobody. And it's yeah. like, well, this isn't an NCAA tournament. You don't need to build up a resume. You beat uh-huh. who you play. Just right. I'm gonna tell you, just Nick, Kentucky has gone five and three twice in our lifetime at yeah. football. Yep. The, both those teams were ten and three and legit top fifteen teams at the end of the year. It's pretty good. So, so what you're what you're upset about is he's essentially, and then here's why else is a flawed stat. One of those teams is South Carolina, who wasn't like who was like a top forty team that year. They just took advantage of a bad SEC. So you're saying that's a better win than like you're not like they beat Penn State, top fifteen Penn State team. Does that doesn't matter? They they beat the rival with their Heisman Trophy quarterback, kept them out of the Orange Bowl. Yeah, that that done well. We didn't be an SEC team that went five and three. Don't care. It's just it's a stupid stat, and you're crediting the these family like your rivals who just try to make a dig at you online. Yeah. It, it's a silly it's a silly barometer mm-hmm. to have. If you want to criticize them, there's room for criticism. There's a lot of things you can criticize on. Number one, like offense. Yeah. That that is the number one. Like, if you're going to criticize Stoops and if you're going to complain about them not getting to the next level, that is the ultimate criticism. <laughs> They've had one quarterback that have t- totaled thirty touchdowns in a single season since he's been here. They haven't had a three thousand yard passer yet. Getting a three thousand yard passer should not be hard. That's something a, a good program like Kentucky should do every couple of years. They can't do it ever. That is the criticism. And if you want if when you get upset at this and you think they're hitting a hard ceiling, it's because they don't have be, a quarterback. Like you have that to have a quarterback. Be your number one criticism. And I'm getting a lot of through. I'm getting a lot of they play prevent defense. <laughs> that is that, a, to me, yeah. that's a load of crap. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They play to their strengths on defense. They play to their recruiting background on defense. <laughs> like how many times has Maxwell Harrison been like one-on-one with a guy this year. Like whether he's playing off cover three or they're in cover one or, or they're pattern matching or whatever. And I, I, I just get sick of that, that that they throw that out there all the time. That is I, like Kentucky's playing good. They're well, playing good enough defense to do what you want them to do. People call it prevent defense if you just line up and uh, if you aren't playing bump and run coverage. Which yeah. like if you want Kentucky to play bump and run man coverage, like you don't want to see that. Did you see what Bo Pelini did in Mississippi State? And this they just not matches Madden. all day? Yeah, this exactly. This is not Madden. This yeah. isn't EA Sports. Okay. Uh, the, the, the the funny thing about the offense, I wanted to mention too. I was I was doing some research, scrolling through stats. I was like, because this game could be a high scoring one, like it. Uh, I was like, how many times has Kentucky played in the thirties with both teams? It's been like five times in since twenty sixteen uh, or seventeen. So five times in like seven years, where both teams have gotten to the thirties. They don't get a lot of shootouts because they don't have the offensive firepower to to get into shootouts. It's, yeah, and that's yeah. where the, that's where I think the criticism lies. Like you have yeah. to eventually make that transition. Yeah, and I think another criticism is you've had Levis and Leary these last three years, change of coordinators, obviously. Why in your structure or your organization, why are they not performing to their peak powers? Yep. That is that is the ultimate criticism to me. What is going on with how you? operate as an offense that you cannot get down, get this thing really juiced up and rolling. That is the criticism. But Nick, there's been a lot of angst in the last year. Really, I think since they lost to Vanderbilt with this fan base, um, even, even this season when they were winning games, mm-hmm. 
there was always a didn't do this, didn't do that, didn't win pretty enough, yada, yada, yada. Now, I'll say this. It is good to have some a portion of your fan base triggered because that keeps everyone on their toes. Yeah, like it helps yeah. help, help prevent complacency. But we also need to realize like where Kentucky is and what the goal should be. I think in 2018, I think people finally came around on the idea that Kentucky could win the East and that it could happen. You saw Missouri did it. You saw South Carolina did it. You saw some mm-hmm. bad Florida teams win it, all in that kind of 2013 to 2017 right. range. And then 2010 through 17. That window, you saw all the – but you didn't have a souped-up Florida. You didn't have a souped-up Georgia. Or souped-up Tennessee. You know, or souped up Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. And then right when Kentucky gets good enough where they can really land the punch and get there, Georgia becomes the best they've ever been. This is the best five run, six year, five year, six year run Georgia's ever been on. And they are a freaking rocket ship. <laughs> you know, they could three peat. I mean, that's yeah. that mm-hmm. there's no one like this is not just a Kentucky problem. This is a college football problem. This is a college football problem. Yeah. You, we let we all let Kirby Smart go to Georgia and get this good. This is yeah. a college football problem that we all have to figure out. How do we stop? We turn Darth Vader to the dark side. I mean, how do like we stop this good old over. boy and all his college beer buddies over there at DC and OC and they're just kicking everybody's ass? Like, how do we stop that? But a, this is a decade later, or less than a decade. This is what happened when Alabama got that kicking everybody's ass in the West. Mm-hmm. Everybody started to change. Urban Meyer had a meltdown. Got out of there. Yep. Um, you know, Tennessee, how many coaching changes did they make? Because they were getting their butt kicked every year uh, by, by by Alabama. And you saw LSU make changes. And you saw on and on and on. Um, not a knee-jerk reactions. You've got to be – like there is a fine line. And expectations should be raised. And Mark Stoops is paid like a top-ten coach. But this is not a top-ten program in any level. It's just not. They can't get the players. They just can't. I don't know what – there's just – you cannot do it. You can't – it's hard. You can't – You can be top 25, but asking – like there's a big difference between top 25, top 10, and top four. They could get up to where they could get 15 to 20 recruiting classes, I think. Like that is possible that you could do that. But that's still a big gap from – what the roster you're going to see at Georgia, the roster you're going to see at Alabama, the roster you're going to see at Texas, the roster you're going to see at Oklahoma, the roster you're going to see at A&M, the roster you're going to see at Auburn, the roster you're going to see at Florida. Like Ooh. that is a that's a Ooh. real thing. And the rosters you're going to see at Oklahoma and Texas, which Yeah, I threw them I threw them in. But that's okay. a yeah. real that's a real thing that Kentucky's always going to have to combat against and you just have to realize that going into every season. That's not I mean, that's just a fact. It just is what it is. And so that's something you have to realize. And there's going to be – Kentucky's biggest strength right now with Stoops is just the consistency year over year and knowing that there's going to be a lot of turnover in the league. And when there's that turnover and other programs are messing around, that's when Kentucky can strike. Why do we think Kentucky has a three-game winning streak over Florida, Nick? I'll tell you why. Because their program's a mess. Dan Mullen folded, and now he's taking advantage while Napier's trying to build up and rebuild the roster. That's why Kentucky's winning those games. And there's going to be situations like that in the new SEC even more, I think, uh, because these fan bases in this league are going to be really pissed if they can't make a 12-team playoff. See Auburn. Yeah. So there's going to be turnover <laughs> like this, and the money's only growing. 
you know, mm-hmm. like they're the money's only growing. So they're going to become less patient, but for Kentucky, like the talent acquisition is a big deal. And so I see a lot of, well, he's paid like a top 10 coach. We should have top 10 expectations. That's just ludicrous. It just, I mean, it just like, this is not what this program is going to be every now and then the goal should be, you know, every, we have a pattern here going, Nick, every three out of six years, they've been this year. And I would say they could, they're making a legit run at nine and three. Like this team has a legit run at nine and three. Yeah. You got to go four and two down the stretch. Yep. You did. If so you if can, you did. Right. If you, did, if you yeah. keep, if you and keep I would even, maybe this, even one 16 in there too, even though like it took them a while to hit their stride, but that was a, that was the first kind of peak, even though it wasn't nine and three. If you keep, see, I would actually include twenty twenty two. If Levisdek get hurt, and the offense coordinator hire doesn't go as bad as it was, because they had that had the best schedule of any team that they've had. Um, but mm-hmm. if you keep on this trajectory where you're kind of jumping up to top fifteen level, you can eventually break through if you pull an upset down the stretch. But at least in November. Okay, you have you have to pay to coach. Yes, but there's always you know there's always going to be a job possibility they go to. Well, no, no, I, I think his point is like that's part of why Stoops is top ten. You, you yeah, ab- to, okay, you, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. But um, if you keep on this, like the goal now is to get in the twelve team playoff, and I just don't want people to get hung up on the East thing because because the East like is how going many college away. football programs in the last five years, Nick, are winning an East title. In the last like five three? years, yeah, 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 three, yeah, it will. No one's been, no one beat Georgia the last two years. See, so and I know, like, it's 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 just tough because a couple of big things that you like to have to say about your program, um, it, it, it's two things for Ole Miss. They're like, oh, Ole Miss, they are another school like Kentucky that never went to an SEC championship game, but they've gone to New Year's Six Bowls and they've done that, and that that that's one that. And you know what? I get it. You want to be there. You want to play there. But also beating Georgia is like three steps past just going to a New Year's Six Bowl, which is pretty obtainable and within reach. Um, but I, I I think your overall point is, is Kentucky, the floor has been raised. You really have to have an outstanding – like you, you've, you've got the infrastructure in place. Gotta you got to get the quarterback. I mean, and they have it. Like, and like, yeah. like Louisville punched a cheat code in a lot of ways just by getting Lamar Jackson for a year to put them on that stage. Um, but like that, you know, that that's the ultimate cheat code, right? And Kentucky's got to get that. We thought they might've had, there was potential there, at least for the last two quarterbacks. Um, you know, you fired for eight games of the 28, maybe nine games of that 2021 season, 2022's injuries. And then now we're still just wondering where, where the hell is Devin Larry? And I, I think there's some, optimism that there will be a breakthrough at some point i don't know if it's going to be breaking through like a uh you know a wrecking ball uh, by any means and all of a sudden they're going to be putting up 300 yards and 45 points a game but i was i, I don't it, it is weird how quickly i forgot that they scored 30 plus points in both of their sec games so far yeah i know it's vain in florida I wanna, like i don't want to panic because they're still top 20 five in yards per play and then i know people right now and then random people that watch this youtube video are like this lucky guy he's an idiot they haven't played nobody but then you go look at missouri's schedule and go look at the defenses they've played yeah they haven't played anybody either like kentucky's doing some good things on offense Uh, they just they need more efficiency from the passing game like i think they're going to be able to move the football and i don't want to just overreact on that aspect 
yeah. to Georgia. I mean, because it can be easy well, to overreact after you take a butt whipping like that, especially defensively. Because I think a lot of what Kentucky, like Kentucky's best attributes, are putting pressure on quarterbacks. Like it, it's it's very unlike Brad White. Normally, it is more of the quote unquote prevent big play limiting limiting uh, ability. Um, but this year, they've done a good job of creating chaos behind the line of scrimmage, putting pressure on cornerbacks, making them make mistakes. And like you, they just could not make Georgia make a mistake because even when they yeah. added rushers, that offensive line was holding up. So Georgia took away the strength of UK's defense, made it vulnerable. I don't know if Missouri will be able to. We can break down more of that. Um, and before we get into all of that, I want to remind you that if you want to be at that game Saturday night at Kroger Field, download the Game Time app today game time it's the best place for last minute tickets it's a sold out crowd at kroger field this is the only spot where you can get tickets so put in promo code ksr you're gonna get twenty dollars at on your first purchase um i got a friend who's celebrating her 40th birthday at the Krog. she used promo code ksr on the game time app it's really easy you can scroll through check out your seats where you want to be you want to be lower bowl getting rowdy up top wherever it might be Check out the game time app, or maybe you want to go watch an NFL game. The Bengals at home this weekend. They are Seahawks one o'clock Sunday. Boom, go Joe Burrow's Paul back, Brown, baby. Paul Brown Stadium. Watch Joe Burrow throw it to Jamar Chase a thousand times. He got targeted what twenty times last week. 19. That was crazy. That was crazy. So whether it's the NFL, MLB playoffs are coming up right now. Maybe some Braves fans. I bet that's a tough ticket. Not with the game time app. So whatever the sporting event may be, hockey's back. NBA's around the corner. Kentucky basketball, Big Blue Madness is Friday. Uh, that's right around the corner. Get the Game Time app right now. GameTime.co online. Promo code KSR, $20 off your first purchase. Look at I don't want to marinate in the Georgia loss anymore, so let's just go right into the Kentucky offense and Devin Leary where, you know, the, the messaging has been optimistic. Uh, I, I think Liam Cohen, he was very uh, – it does feel like it's a confidence issue. There are some small little mental things, but I think a lot of it is going out there and trusting your guys to make plays and spinning it like they're going to make that catch if you deliver the ball in the tight window. And when we've seen Leary at his most miraculous throws so far, he really has been put like the, the, the touchdown to Tavion Robinson at the end of the first half of it. Was it game one? EKU. EKU. Like, Tavion, after the game, when we asked him, he's like, I just did my job. I didn't know the ball was coming until I turned around and it hit me. Like, that's what he needs his receivers. To, he needs to have faith that his receivers are going to be there. And so there, there's a lot of this yin and yang. And I, I think the part that – and all of the, the talk about the offense this week, what jumped out to me the most wasn't about Devin Leary's play, but that they were really Im- impressed with what Dane Key did. Uh, on Saturday against Georgia where he showed up where he wanted to be. He was there, and he that's why he was Kentucky's leading receiver. Leary wasn't on, but when Leary needed him, he delivered. Yeah, I think Saturday was a good step forward for Dan Key. Um, that was a good game. Um, but again, with Tavian Robinson, Nick, we're starting to see when power conference games start, yeah, it's not good. Uh, yep. I, I meant to pull up the numbers, but I couldn't get to it. Um, but but that he's got to be better in games. But what I wonder what people look at is I've I've charted Leary's last three years. Um, obviously, twenty twenty one was the big season 
Um, the numbers I really want you all to look at is um, the success rate and the a dot, the average depth of target here. Okay, if you look in 2021, his best year, 8.0 average depth of target. Now that's that's a solid number. Um, but that means that's a good mixture of short, quick passing game and taking your shots vertically down the field. Um, he, he increased in 2022, um, and his numbers got worse. I mean, success rate got worse, big drop in yards per attempt, um, drop in explosive rate, more PBU INTs, um, but sack rate got better. Um, but this year, I mean, you're seeing – that's a huge jump, Nick, when you're talking about two full yards um, per pass. Two so and a half. Start, yeah, that's is a big jump, and I think that has a little bit to do with kind of the um, the maybe ineffectiveness we've seen from Leary. You know, career low success rate right now. That is forty percent is not good. It's not like he's taking a ton of sacks. Four percent sack rate is pretty strong. Um, Kentucky's protection, their pressure right now on the season is under thirty percent. It's a somewhat like twenty seven ish, which is really really good. They are protecting Leary at a good clip, but. He's taking a lot of vertical shots, and if you're going to do that, that's fine as long as you're hitting on the vertical shots. But if you're hitting under 22 21%, then that means you're getting behind the chains a lot. And his explosive rate, as you can see in his numbers, is the best of the three years, but it's not enough to make up for the inefficiency. So really, you're, we're kind of getting to me, when you just look at these numbers, kind of the same Devin Leary. The success rates are all real close. Um, we, the yards per attempt is in the middle. Uh, but the average depth of target, I just feel like it's too high. And so for me, I, I, I'm going to be looking at the pass game. Do we see more quick intermediate passing from passing from Larry, especially early in the game to kind of get him um, in yeah. rhythm? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that to me is kind of the the thing we have to see. I mean, the, this his PBUI and T rate is way, way too high. And that's, you know, he's actually been kind of fortunate. It was low early in the season. The last two games – he probably should have had more interceptions than he had when you talk about Florida and Georgia. He got out of those without throwing a pick. Um, he's pretty fortunate, um, in my opinion, to do that. And so that's something you have to improve. But I think a lot of this falls on the receivers too, Nick. I mean, we can hey, – Leary's getting hammered online. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, he's getting absolutely hammered right now. But he needs help. You know, I thought Key had a good game on Saturday, and that's what you want to see. But, like – why isn't I keep going? Why isn't Barry Brown just wide open? Like, how, how yeah. come we haven't seen him just torch somebody yet? Wondell was how, wide open all the time. All why is it this time. hard? Why is it this hard to get Barry and Brown open? Like, that's one of the bigger questions I have. You know, you and you like if you look at Key and Brown specifically, their catch rate, they're just catching the football, is under fifty percent as a duo, yeah. and nearly fifty percent of the Kentucky's throws are going to those two. That's just no way to live. You can't operate like that as an offense. So they just got to kind of figure out mm-hmm. what they're going to do. Um, and then they're going to, into a game, Nick, where Missouri's pass defense surprisingly has been pretty bad. Their it's safety really, play has been borderline atrocious. It's really kind of same because, way to Kentucky. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like they, um, Ennis Rakestraw Jr., who is actually going to be sidelined for this game, he's a four year starter with a lot of pass production. And then uh, Kane a- Abrams, is that the other guy's name, who is the PFF All-American, where I think he's only allowed 10 catches all year um, and has 15 combined PBUs slash interceptions, I want to say. I- I'm-, I'm spitballing on the stats there. But the corners have actually been really good, but they have 
They're 127th in total EPA against the pass, which is just mind-bogglingly bad. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, hundred they're 103 nationally in total plays given up of 20 plus yards. Like they're just getting gas for explosives. It's crazy. So, Kentucky, they're like Kentucky really needs to take advantage of that. If they don't, they they can't win on Saturday. And then on the flip side in this game, uh, that I'm sure we'll talk a lot about with with Jason Anderson is Kentucky's secondary how will they perform against missouri who brady cook i you you heard our thoughts about brady cook in the preseason i'm shocked at his growth yeah he's having a great Um, year he's had a good year luther burden is the player that they all thought he was going to be and they're absolutely lighting up teams and the safeties were supposed to be a strength of the kentucky defense they haven't been great and the guy who's probably played the best out of all of them jalen geiger is going to miss um, a few weeks. Um, I'm not exactly sure what yeah. that means. It does. It, it sounds to me more like maybe a month or two. Um, if if we're to use the Kenneth Horsey kind of barometer there, so it's um, it's not been. Uh, it's been less than ideal. It's a less than ideal development um, this time of the year before uh, we get rocking and rolling uh, against these pass heavy defenses um, for these developments. So I, I'm 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 a little worried going in this game, market. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but I'm not that worried um, because it's still Eli Drequitz. It's still the Missouri Tigers. And that's why we're bringing on our pal Jason Anderson to come on to talk about his favorite coach, um, Eli Drinkwitz, the Dorkowitz. Jason, <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you on. I- I've enjoyed going back and forth with you on social media about our friend Eli. And now we get to do it here. So, it's great. It's happy. I'm sure everything everything's got to be great in Columbia, right? This is his best team ever, right? Everything, sunshine and rainbows. I'll tell you what, um, middle of that first quarter, middle of the second quarter, it was all going well when they were up 22-7. to 7. It was all good. This is an interesting year for Missouri, especially for Eli Drinkwitz, man. It's, there are a lot of Missouri fans that are ready for him to do more on the field than – Oh, did we lose him? I think he's doing. He, he freeze got him. He got freeze. Think <laughs> to the media or anything like that. Okay. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of things that have happened with him just simply talking and, uh, you know, uh, words off the field rather than actual uh, success on the field. So, I think Missouri fans are ready for Eli Drinkwitz to make a little bit more noise on the field than he's been doing off. So I, I did want to before we get into like X's and O's or anything. Uh, there was a lot of pressure going into this year. Uh, in that first kind of pressure cooker moment, they delivered, and the thicker yeah. kicker bombs a 60-yarder, beats Kansas State. You know, that's an old Big 8 rival, so, like, there's a mm-hmm. lot of good feelings. And then it felt like LSU was just three more notches up of, like, big game vibes, big games atmosphere. It, it, is the is the buy-in all the way there? Because it does feel like things actually are moving in the right direction, particularly offensively. Yeah, I think this year has done a lot for the buy-in. One of the reasons why there wasn't a lot of buy-in was because of Brady Cook. And it's not Brady Cook's fault, right? I mean, it's like Brady Cook grew up a huge Missouri fan. All he wanted to do was play quarterback at Missouri. That was his whole life dream. He gets to play quarterback at Missouri, and he gets booed. Um, that That's not great. Doesn't feel good. And it's not his fault. The issue was that the best quarterback Eli Drinkwitz had in year three was Brady Cook. He recruited a kid out of Georgia named Sam Horn, who also plays baseball at Missouri. He's got a great arm. So Missouri fans wanted Sam Horn to play. So the first game of the season, they had a quarterback competition where Brady Cook played the first half. They put up 30 points. Sam Horn came in the second half and threw like three passes. And it was like, well, Brady Cook looked really good. I mean, Sam Horn didn't really do much. 
<laughs> yeah, because it wasn't a competition. So people were frustrated by that. But what happened in the K-State game went a long way because Brady Cook was awesome in that game. And it was what Eli Drinkwitz was saying, look, this is what we've seen in practice. It's like, yeah, but we haven't seen it in the game. So Kirby Moore, the new offensive coordinator, new offense, things like that. Um, you know, Brady Cook is really playing some awesome football. And he set the SEC record for consecutive pass attempts without an interception. Um, I would have lost a lot of money if you just said Brady Cook does that, yes or no. All right, here's my house. <laughs> no, he doesn't set the record <laughs> for consecutive pass attempts. So um, that's gone a long way. Beating Kansas State has gone a long way. The recruiting has gone a long way. The NIL law being passed in Missouri that Eli Drinkwitz was a big champion of that has gone a long way. Number one defensive lineman in the country, um, uh, Williams Winari, just committed to Mizzou uh, from Kansas City. Luther Burden, you mentioned him from St. Louis, number one wide receiver in the country. Ryan Wingo's the number two wide receiver in the country from St. Louis. And, you know, he's deciding between uh, Missouri and, and Oklahoma or Texas. And it looks like, you know, now he's leaning towards Missouri. The uh, Ohio State wide receiver from uh, St. Louis that's been committed for like three months is now thinking about decommitting and going to Missouri. There's an Oklahoma wide receiver from Kansas City that has already committed to Oklahoma and now is thinking about decommitting and going to Missouri. I think some of that, a good portion of that is the NIL law, that in Missouri, if you sign with a state school, you can start making NIL money in high school. And, and that being passed was huge. But what went on there that I don't think many people have acknowledged outside of just, hey, high school kids can get money, is that Missouri no longer has to have a collective. They actually fundraise through the Tiger Scholarship Fund, which means it's oh. tax deductible. With okay. the new Missouri law, they are tax deductible donations that go to NIL in the state of Missouri. So it's they've done some things. And you like drink <laughs> with them the... They've done a lot of things around here to try to close the borders, as they say, lock up the borders. Because the last three <laughs> recruiting cycles, there's been 26 players that are four stars or better in the state of Missouri. You know, St. Louis and Kansas City put out kids, but they go elsewhere. When Gary Pinkle was, 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 had Missouri playing at a high level, they stayed at Missouri. And, you know, they played for Big 12 championships. And then Gary Pinkle retires, and they've had a couple of uh, rough stretches, and Eli Drinkwitz gets in. And so... Look, it's how you take advantage of NIL, and Missouri and the state legislature has uh, done what they can to try to take care of NIL for Mizzou. Yeah, well, so what you're saying is um, they cook the NIL book, so they're a real That's SEC right. program now. That's right, yes. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly right. They are trying yeah. to do, how can we get on an SEC level? Well, what if we made it illegal for the NCAA to come after us, and what if we made NIL donations tax deductible? <laughs> yeah, it just to me it feels like Drinkowitz is doing – a lot of things right now. I, I'm sure he's getting some help or whatever. It's just the wind's got to come, right? Yeah, absolutely. Now it's got to get over the hump. Th this is a big one. I think this is a coaching game this weekend. Like, I think yeah. both teams where they're at mentally, this is a huge week for both coaches. Like, Mark Stoops and, you know, mm -hmm. I know you guys have obviously talked a lot about it in the comments the other day. We talked about it here with the comments on the coaches show and the, the NIL. And Eli Drinkwitz, like, Missouri was – the talk before the season was, man, if they can get past K-State, could they be 5-0 and against LSU? And that big buildup, if they beat LSU, if they can beat Kentucky and South Carolina, can they be 7-0 and getting ready to play Georgia? Like, shut up. No, they can't. They're not going to do that, okay? This is not going to happen this year. But the way Brady Cook was playing and then what they were doing against LSU, it's like, okay, maybe it's possible. These Kentucky-Missouri games have been great games, not great finishes or endings. The scores have been terrible. Uh, the final scores at least have been awful, uh, at least from my perspective. Uh, but they've been fun, <laughs> closer games that are there. So you know they can win that one. Missouri's been pretty good against South Carolina. So in that LSU game, it was like, wow, this is 
this was all kind of happening where people were sort of dreaming and it, and it started with that K-State game. And, and now that you get knocked down to size a little bit from Mizzou, they were moving up in the rankings and they get beat by LSU. How do you respond against an incredibly physical Kentucky team that, you know, offensively is not going to be as easy as it was against LSU. LSU's, de- LSU's defense is terrible. You're going to have to work for more of those points. So how does Missouri get ready for that? How do they bounce back from LSU? How does Kentucky bounce back from Georgia? Yeah, like Kentucky's kind of, I mean, they've had Missouri's number. Yeah. You know, they've caught maybe some breaks in some of these games. That Kentucky uh, didn't I don't those think so. Against other SEC teams. <laughs> I think Just like, yeah. There was, yeah, the Missouri <laughs> fan base, how do they feel about this kind of uh-huh. matchup? It feels like, like, it feels like one they really want to get. In the yeah, it's, it, it, like this, it, it's it's odd. It's like the Missouri fan base towards Kentucky is probably the same way Kentucky feels towards Missouri. It's like they should be below us. Like, yeah. why are we why are we arguing about Missouri? Like from Kentucky standpoint, why are we arguing about Missouri? They're new at the SEC. They should be below us. Missouri's going. Why are we why are we worried about? Why can't we beat Kentucky? Let's move Kentucky out of the way. We played for two SEC championships. Damn it. Let's get Kentucky out of the way. But seven of eight doesn't lie. I mean, Kentucky's won seven of the eight. And while yes, it was a clear offensive pass interference that somehow was called defensive pass interference for some reason. And it was an obvious <laughs> offensive pass interference on the push off um, on the touchdown. And it was a really <laughs> dumb rule to have, you know, a uh, punt that goes 40 yards over the head that they've now changed the rule by the way, which is great. <laughs> now you can, you can knock the guy out if you want to. And uh, I can't remember the punter's name, that poor guy. I think that was the end of a season too. Oh, good that. fella. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good the end of a season with that. Uh, yeah. There have been some strange things going on in this, uh, in this uh, series, man. It's been crazy. So which one of those hurts the most is, is, the 2018 one, uh, because Conrad clearly pushed off and it was, and the game was over. It should have been just no call at worst offensive pass interference. Uh, but, but for some reason to see an offensive player, like take a defensive player, pick him up and then throw him down and say, well, that's the defensive player's uh, penalty. That was odd. Uh, I'm assuming Mark Stoops paid the officials there that night. That's the only thing I can think of. But um, no, that would probably hurt the worst because Missouri, I think, was the better team. That day. Oh. I mean, they were they they were up fourteen to three with four minutes to play in the fourth quarter. Just you know, don't give up See, a punt return and an awful you know drive and a you know touchdown. Because because really, I mean, Missouri did dominate that game, except the Kentucky defense did. Just like it was the weirdest. Kentucky just didn't let Drew Locke and Josh Heupel's offense yeah. get a first down for a half, which it is was just crazy. It's hard yeah. to think out loud, but it is one of the um, like whenever people ask me to rank my favorite games I've been at. And like, I mean, I was there when Kentucky beat the streak, but I, nothing can top the weirdness of that game. And they, that was when they were doing construction in the end zone. And they're like fighting yeah. in between the chain link fences before the game. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, dude, it, that, that was an odd game, man. And, and, and that, like I said, after the game was over, you know, I don't like I'm joking about the officials. Like, I don't blame, I don't like blaming the officials. What I said after the game was, I said, the referees literally cost Missouri a game, but it's not why they lost. Because all Missouri had to do was pick up a couple first downs in the second half, and you're not in that position. Yeah, it was a bad call, but those things happen. Don't be in close games. Take care yeah. of it. You're up fourteen to three. You know, pick up a couple first downs. Don't. Uh, with four minutes to go in the fourth quarter, you're up fourteen to three. Don't have Kentucky get two more possessions. That's it. You know, and you win the game. But somebody not asking a lot. First down. Yeah, right. Like, right. Yeah, so against yeah. an offense that hadn't been able to move the ball against you all day, right. too. I mean, <laughs> there the, was one exactly drive right, they yeah. had. I will say they wouldn't have called a PI if he didn't catch the ball. He made uh, Wagner made a crazy catch, and I think like, it's the only reason why they called out of it. bounds. I mean, yeah, yeah, even though he was out he of was bounds, he was in the third row it. of the stands and he caught the ball. Yeah, and also like last year with the with the uh, the the punt, 
Like Missouri was still down by four. So even if even if they don't call that, Missouri's getting the ball. I think the referee spotted it at the thirty. So they were yeah. getting the ball at the UK thirty yard line. Still down four though. So it's right. not like they won. Like the two thousand eighteen game hurts worse because the game was over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The only way it extends is by a penalty. Missouri still had to go and score a touchdown. And I think it was what twenty one seventeen was the final last year. Yeah, Missouri they kind of they had two drives really that they pulled out. But other than that, Kentucky's defense was kind of yeah. dominating that game. Yeah, that, yeah, that's why last year, while it's it's crazy and it's weird with the whole punt thing, it doesn't hurt as bad as the the eighteen one because Missouri only scored seventeen points the whole game against Kentucky, and they still would have to go and score another touchdown there in the final few minutes. I think there was like two and a half minutes to go. Missouri had a timeout or something like that, and then yeah. Kentucky ran out the clock when they got the ball back. But yeah, there have been some odd games in this series, man. I like bringing it up because I know Kentucky fans are the most like can can be some of the most self-loathing, depraving, <laughs> depraved fan base. We're just like everything yeah. is woe is me. Only bad things happen to us. If there's a preseason injury, it's like they're the only football team that's ever had an injury. It's like you know sometimes the ball has bounced Kentucky's way, yeah. and it and it's happened oh. in a I bunch mean- of one-score games. I think of the seven of eight Kentucky wins, I think six of those have been one-possession games. I mean yeah. they've all been. Nail biter. Yeah. So um, well, and it's 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 all like it's it's weird because from the Missouri standpoint, everything about it is like well, it's so Mizzou. I mean, it's it's just how Mizzou ends up. There, Mizzou was the fifth down. The Colorado yeah, fifth, fifth down, down play yeah. was Mizzou. The Nebraska kicked ball for a touchdown in the late nineties, which is illegal. You can't kick the ball. He kicked the ball in the air. Nebraska caught the touchdown. Missouri was going to knock off the number one team in the country that went on to win a national championship that year, by the way. Mm-hmm. And they had lost. It was the last play of the game, the uh, the kick six before the kick six with Auburn and Alabama. Um, that was, you know, Missouri. The punt that goes over the punter's head, the uh, the the ending there. with It's just it's very, very Mizzou in, in how they find ways to lose some of those games. So, you know, they've, they've put themselves in position a couple times to, you know, win some conferences. They've had – you know, they in in my lifetime they played two games where, if they won either one of those games, they played for a national title. That you know, uh, it's great. You know, it was awesome. They didn't win either of them, but you know, there are a couple of times in my life where I sat down and I thought, if they win this game, they will be in the BCS championship game. Um, I don't know that they'll ever get back to that though. But uh, but yeah, there's a lot of Mizzou things that have happened. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, anything's possible, he sounds, Jason. Jason sounds just like a Kentucky fan. Like I've, I've had that conversation <laughs> at Roosters or just some guy. He's got a Kentucky hat on. He's talking about Marcus Randall, LSU, Hail Mary. We threw oh. quarter through eight picks. We still lost. Yada yada yeah. yada, yada. Yep. Yeah. Well, but, but, give it to Randall Cobb against Tennessee. Yeah. I mean, it's just laundry. Right. List. Yeah. I but mean, you, even before this run for Georgia, Georgia was like, "Oh, the Aaron Donald throw that was tipped and then caught in the SEC right. championship, and we were going to win." It's like, has. "Shut up, you're Georgia." All right, stop. You don't get to play that. Well, but you you do have – there is a couple of dudes on this team that are – that can take you to that next level. Mm -hmm. Can you just kind of give Big Blue Nation an idea of, like, what Luther Burden's going to do? And, I mean, not only that, you got a left tackle that's probably going to get drafted and, and, you know, some talented defensive backs as well. 
Well, they, the the um, you know they they've got it's it's interesting. Their 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 secondary is really talented, but they give up a lot of yards. So that's weird. I, explain that one yeah. to me. I don't know. That seems to be coaching. But um, Abrams Drain is really good. Rake Straw, you know, probably isn't going to play. But Abrams Drain was going to be a day two pick last year, second or third rounder. Decided to come back. I think there was NIL involved in that, um, and maybe move himself into a first rounder. So you know, him returning that certainly has helped. But Luther Burden is really the straw that stirs the drink. I mean, he is as advertised and and it's weird you know from one year to the next because last year it was why isn't Missouri getting him the ball he doesn't seem to be doing much with the ball this was a really hyped player he's going to transfer at the end of this year like that was last year's conversation he's going to transfer and you know oh, we uh, we were talking to our friends like all right how much nail bucks can we scrape together to get Luther Burden to Lexington right well well you know him he and Lovett you know are both from St. Louis and Lovett transferred to Georgia you know, he was mm-hmm. in that game over the weekend. Dominique Lovett was a Missouri player. Yeah. Um, and Luther Burden was getting all the NIL money. <laughs> yeah. Lovett was like, I'm going to go somewhere else and get some. And I get it totally. But what Luther Burden does, I mean, it's not just simply going up and catching the ball. He's got the best balance that I've seen from uh, a receiver in a long time. He, he doesn't get tackled very easily. Like the first guy hardly ever tackles him. And a lot of times he'll get hit and he'll just keep running. And he's yeah. not like a – he's not Anquan Bolden or anything. It's just his – his his um his his contact balance is off the charts. I, I've never seen anything like it. So, and, and you guys will see that this weekend because there'll be a couple plays where you're like, how did three guys not get him down? Like, how is he still running and moving his feet and balance? That's the one thing that stands out above everything else. Yes, he gets open, but he's schemed open. It's college. He goes and catches the ball. There's a lot of guys in college that can go and catch the ball. What separates him from guys that what what made him the number one receiver in the country is the contact balance that just. For some reason, he just doesn't go down. Uh, and when he does go down, it's like, whoa, hey, he, he actually got tackled that time. So that that's what sets him apart. Brady Cook has been really good at delivering the football. The offensive line has played much better since the K-State game. Cody Schrader, he's been dealing with a quad injury. It's a great story. You know, he went to a Division II school and was the leading rusher in the country in Division II and then walked on at Missouri. And now he's, you know, one of the leading rushers in the SEC. So it's a cool story. But Defensively, it's Darius Robinson and, and uh, Johnny Walker on the line. Darius Robinson, number six, and Johnny Walker, number 15. Those are the guys that are good after the quarterback. Those are the guys that you would be uh, looking at. Hopper is a, a, a fantastic linebacker, but like for Missouri, if they're going to stop the run, if um, you know they're going to get after Leary or anything, it's going to be number six and number 15. And it was a big blow last weekend against LSU because Johnny Walker got kicked out of the game in the third quarter. He got his second personal foul penalty. He got a personal foul penalty in the first quarter and a personal foul penalty in the second quarter, unsportsmanlike. And he got kicked out of the game. Third quarter, that's your best pass rusher against LSU. Like, it's pretty rough. You can't do that. So he decided no. he went over to the sideline, just put his, you know, face yeah. in, his, in his hands. But it's like you got to be smarter than that, man. You know, right. if he was out there, I don't know. Did they win? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe he makes a bad play and something else happens. But they've got some players out there. It's just the thing with Kentucky and Missouri. Like they both have really good players. It's just they don't have the layers and layers and layers of players that we see at Alabama and Georgia and, mm-hmm. and teams like that. But, yeah, Missouri's got some high-end players that they've been able to recruit, and they've got some more coming as well, which is uh, certainly good with the uh, the NIL. Quick quick follow-up. I don't read coach – I know Stoops' coach speak pretty well. Drinks press conference coach speak with Schrader. Is that – are you meaning like, okay, he's going to play, this is just – I think he's going to play. His- Okay. I think he's going to play, but I think you'll probably see a good portion of uh, number eight, Pete, back there. He's not as good as Schrader, but he's still a good runner. Um, You know, but really for for Schrader and Pete, it's about, you know, the offensive line. You know, they don't, they're not incredibly dynamic runners. You know, they'll Mm -hmm. find the hole. Schrader is good because he's a one cut back, which is good. You know, one cut, get upfield, get as many yards as you can because 
Mizzou's about passing it anyway. They're a passing offense. So if you're going to get the ball, you don't need to dance around. You don't need to go pick up 10 to 15 yards. All right, if they're handing you the ball, go get five, go get six, cut, get upfield and go. And if you break a big one, then great. But the next play is going to Luther Burden. So <laughs> just don't fumble. <laughs> get it back to the center. Oh, man. Well, uh, Jason, we, we're glad that you, you spent some time with us. Um, we hope that you don't have too much fun watching the Tigers this weekend because here's the thing. Yeah. You're spoiled. You get you got yeah. Patrick Mahomes in That's your town. You you like you're, yeah. you got you're like right. 15, you've got 15 more years of just like being on Easy Street every Sunday. You I mean, are you are you are not wrong, man. I, I tomorrow night I'm watching Patrick Mahomes play against the Denver Broncos and they've beaten the Broncos 15 straight times. Like I grew up where John Elway was yeah, destroying yeah. the Chiefs. Like I hated the Broncos and now you got Broncos fans that are, my son turns 8 in 3 weeks. He wasn't born the last time the Broncos beat the Chiefs. Like it, it, it's unbelievable, and and like I get to watch Patrick Mahomes. So you're right, absolutely spoiled. He's more spoiled than I am. The only quarterback he's known for the Chiefs is Patrick Mahomes. So that's a really <laughs> right. I mean, come on, that's ridiculous. I lived through absolutely. Steve Deberg and you know uh, Alex Smith and and uh, Matt Castle. I mean, come on, but Ooh. but you're right, you're right. I, I do have that going for me. So, but I but I'll, I would like the win on Saturday too. I take that. It would be fun. So, are, do you, do you think it's going to happen though? Are you gonna? Are, do, do you think Missouri I, will get it done? So I think Vegas with the two and a half point spread is saying that it's about as close as you can get on a neutral site. So maybe they're giving yeah. a slight half point nod to Mizzou, but I'm not going to pick Mizzou until they beat Kentucky. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've said that for like the last three or four years. And I know Eli two years ago won and then said, well, now everybody on my team's beating Kentucky. You know, he had that line, which did right. endear himself to Missouri fans a lot, but uh, strange things, crazy things happen in the series. So uh, I'll pick Kentucky, especially on the road in Lexington, that uh, a back and forth game until Missouri can prove that they can pull it out until Eli Drinkwitz can prove that, you know, he can do that. Because even in the K-State game, even in the game where they won, yes, that was the yes. biggest signature victory for Mizzou, they had a delay a game after a spike. He thought they called a timeout. They spiked the ball sitting, on first down, and he thought it was a timeout. Yeah. Said no I idea. was sitting right next to Roush, and I said, what the hell is he doing? What, what are they doing? <laughs> So they had a timeout. So when they realized yeah. that the clock was, they were going to send them out there to spike it again, which makes sense. Go out there second down, just spike it again, and then you can keep talking about it. But couldn't get out there in time, and it's a delay game. And it's like, oh. You took a 55-yarder to a 61-yarder. What do you do? Or a 56-yarder to a 61? What are you doing, man? Um, so, yeah, that was – if they would have lost in overtime, people would be talking about firing Eli Drinkwitz. Like, that's how big of a blunder that was. Um, so even in the most signature victory he's had in his career – in that game, still almost found a way to sort of blow it. So until he can get over that, I'll, I'll take Kentucky and Mark Stoops and the, the program that's been, you know, running for a little bit and the coaching staff and things like that versus, you know, new offensive coordinator, uh, defense is still coming along and Eli Drinkwood's game management. Jason, do you think there's a scenario where he could potentially get into the firing crosshairs this year, or do you think he that five and all start just totally eliminated that? The rest of the way is crucial for him, um, yeah, because they had he had two five stars and two four stars on campus on Saturday versus LSU. So again, mm -hmm. they're recruiting; they're getting some kids right. there. The NIL laws help, okay? So obviously that helps. If you're in the state of Missouri, you sign with Mizzou, you can start making NIL money right away. Um, so that, that's been a big difference maker, but the rest of the way, um, if, if they struggle the rest of the season, then yeah, I think there's going to be some people wondering if they need to move on because what will work against Eli Drinkwitz is, well, yeah, but any coach that can recruit with the NIL behind him, go get another coach in there. Cause he'll be able to recruit with the NIL. We know that Eli can't do it with on the field. 
because Eli's supposed to be the offensive genius, and it's taken till year four, and he gave up play calling before the offense has turned out to be pretty good. And the one thing that was sort of sold a bill of goods for Mizzou was when Eli Drinkowitz was hired from uh, Appalachian State, the um, the reputation was he was aggressive, bordering on irresponsible. And I was like, yes, <laughs> I want that. I want to coach this fourth and one. Bleep it. Let's go for it. You know, we're, we're across the 50-yard line. Let's go for it. Oh, he is not that. He is not that. He is not aggressive on – he's the exact opposite. He's uh, he's pretty conservative when it comes to going for it or not. And that LSU game was a bit of a surprise when he went for two, so maybe he was just holding back a little bit. But, yeah, it depends on what happens the rest of the way, but I don't think Eli Drinkwitz is, like, you know, out of the water or anything like that with, uh, with Mizzou fans wondering if he's the guy. Well, Jason, this has been awesome. Um, we appreciate you. I know the city of Oval misses you, but you can still <laughs> listen to the zone. If you want to scratch that Chiefs itch or right. Missouri Tigers hey, or – Yeah, H, H, H – why, why, why do I want to say this? 810 WHB. Yeah. We were we were listening when we were up for the draft. We, oh, right, yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, we saw you guys at the draft. Yeah, that was uh, that was fun. That was interesting. I don't know if you guys knew that the Chiefs punter was walking around by us. So just, <laughs> just randomly turned around. I'm like – Said, um, has anybody noticed you and recognized you? No, you're the only one. I'm like, well, I got <laughs> punter, so you know, well, probably aren't going to notice you. Yeah. Well, the draft was a spectacle. I had my head on a swivel the entire oh, time. Oh yeah, right? that was uh, no doubt. Yeah, especially from the you know from what was the second or third or fourth pick, and then when Anthony Richardson yeah. went, it was like, okay, what's going yeah. on? Yeah, yeah. We we also warned too. Weed is legal in Kansas City. You, there was <laughs> there's no doubting that. Uh, My, uh, you know, that was that was the the official smell of uh, of the draft that day. Uh, I took my son to the draft on Saturday, the NFL draft experience, and the whole time we're walking, he goes, "Dad, somebody farted." Dad, there's another fart, and I'm like, "Yeah, it's a lot of farts, buddy. Just a lot of farts. It's a very it, it, a, it's a very smelly place over here, buddy. There's a lot of farts around here. You just have to get used to the farts. Okay, that's what it is. A lot of farts going on." Oh, farts are the official smell of the NFL draft. Well, we appreciate you joining us tonight. And, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll be following along while you're tweeting through hopefully a hellish Saturday night when Kentucky plays Missouri. <laughs> we'll see what happens, guys. Uh, reach out anytime. This was fun. Thanks, Jason. Oh, thanks. Absolutely. Jason Anderson, The Zone, 810 WHB in Kansas City. Uh, oh, man. Good, good to hear from him. You know, I mean, he was he was drive time for forever around here. I liked when they used to do the thing where they would bounce to all the reporters and he would ask yeah. like, the rapid yeah. questions. Um, and they'd put like the little music underneath it. That was and he called it the fast break or something like that. So, the huddle or two minute drill or yeah, yeah, yeah something like that. Um, but uh, good to have Jason Anderson back on the program. Good to also, I appreciated somebody said that him talking about Missouri. Yes. Tennessee was or Missouri, Kentucky's a lot like us talking about Tennessee. So that was great conversation. And it was brought to you by our friends at Eckridge. Uh, we've been talking about it for a while on all of our shows, but they're doing the $1 million challenge for teachers where they can hook up your classroom, your family, friends, classroom. If you're in central Kentucky, sign up the teacher in your life for a chance to win a million bucks with in partnership with the extra yard for teachers. Uh, sign up by October 26th. That means you got two weeks to go to Eckridge.com, click the promotions tab, sign them up. It's easy to do. Fire away right now. I've I've signed up the teachers in my life. Do it to it. Uh, they'll get a chance to go on the field, throw a pass for a million bucks. And even if they don't win, they're going to hook up their classroom with a couple grand. So sign them up today, Eckridge.com, with the $1 million challenge for teachers. Um, 
like it. I don't know if I feel any better or worse about this game after talking with Jason because it does feel like Missouri does have a a similar self-loathing fan base. But they are I don't know. It just it seems very tenuous there and a lot of this season is kind of hanging in the balance for them Saturday night at Kroger Field and their ability to get up off the mat and win on the road in the SEC, which is not exactly an easy thing to do. Yeah. It's a huge swing game for both teams. Cause I think the winner here, Nick, has a real good chance of nine and three in like citrus bowl level. Uh, where the loser act you could see it spiraling in seven and five. So like it's a huge game from that aspect. For me, early in the week, I did not feel good about it. Uh, you just look, Missouri, top 10 passing offense. This game becomes a shootout. Kentucky hasn't fared well against top 10 passing offenses like this outside of Georgia. You look at Ole Miss in 17, Ole Miss in 20, Bama in 20, uh, Tennessee 2021 and 2022. Those games have turned into shootouts, and Kentucky really couldn't keep up. But I – don't the more the more I move away, I don't necessarily think it's going to turn into that. Um, because when you look at Missouri's offense, specifically their passing game, one they they've beat up on some bad teams, bad defenses. That LSU defense is awful. Yep. Um, Vanderbilt defense they had a big day, but everybody has a big day against that Vanderbilt defense. Then Memphis, uh, Kansas State, both of those defenses have. Kentucky's had a better defense all year. Middle Tennessee uh, now, State. Yeah, Middle Tennessee and yeah, and then South yeah. Dakota. So I think this is a their first real road game going to Kentucky. The D, I think in a motivated Kentucky defense. My only concern on that end is like how banged up is Kentucky? Like what's yeah. up with Trevor Wallace? Is he playing or not? Because that's a big drop off if he's that not out there. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a worry of mine. But um you did like what you heard from Brad White today. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, that, that, that it is a fear of mine because anytime Kentucky's gone up against one of these superstar wide receivers, right? Luther Burton's leading the nation in receiving. I mean, he's, he's the number one receiver in the country right now. I know it's early, but like the numbers are the numbers. Devontae Smith, you know, I mean, he killed him. That Alabama team was awesome. But Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman, like they, those guys, Elijah Moore at Ole Miss, those guys all put up similar numbers. In best-case scenario, Kentucky got in a shootout with them. Those guys got theirs, and the Cats couldn't win a shootout. Um, yeah. Now, it was a pick six in, in a game that was different. It was a missed PAT in overtime. They were right there against Tennessee and Ole Miss. But I, I do worry that even – I mean, because, like, you know, no offense to Terry Wilson, but, like, Terry Wilson could – I mean, I, I feel like the Ole Miss teams actually aren't the worst comparison, right? Because, like, they had a really bad defense as well. Terry Wilson let their ass up. Um, he put up some crazy stats in that game, but I, I, I do worry. Like, if the like, thirty-one points, like, is is thirty-one points doable right now? I think so. All right. Do they have to get to forty though? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I if they if if no, Kentucky needs thirty-five points, if this game like thirty-five wins this game, they're in trouble. There's no doubt about it. The one thing I'll say though, like. You're talking. You're naming off all these offenses. That, Brady that, Cook. Could Brady Cook start at quarterback for any of those teams? Right. Right. And, 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 and that's what. That's part of my thinking too. Is like those Tennessee team that like they they were different. Um, but I just, especially the way the safeties have played, I worry about you know 
them just sucking him in by throwing little screen passes, and then all of a sudden they do a double move, and he's just running down the middle right. of the field yeah. with nobody on him. Like that, that's the kind of worry I have. But here's my the other part too. Like, I, 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 I just I, I have to talk myself off a ledge after that Georgia game because my biggest overreaction, I yeah, think, it's very hard. Yeah, was was just how easily and effortlessly George the move the ball. And then also to your point, how much they banged up this Kentucky defense. Like that, that was tough. How I believe in Brad White, but like, or like, can't I wonder, but like, this is why Brad White makes the big bucks so that they get up off the mat. And that wasn't just the start of things unraveling because that's kind of what happened last year after they got exposed in a couple shootouts. Yeah. I also think you really have to recognize the spot here too, Nick. Kentucky coming off a bad loss, but so is Missouri. Like both. Both really hard to get over losses. But Kentucky's coming home and Missouri's hitting the road. Like, those are two, like, real things, I think, here in this game. Yeah. And I think that favors Kentucky in this matchup. And games where I mean, Kentucky's – you're, Go ahead. You heard Stoops say it. Like, yeah. a lot of it was just like – I mean, I think they just kind of got their jaws dropped by being on the road in Athens. They got swallowed and, up by that environment, yeah. And you know what? You can do that Saturday, Big Blue Nation. I know some of you are maybe still a little pissed off, but you can do that. Yeah. Kentucky is a three-point favorite or less at home, Nick. They're five and one against the spread against 2019. Five consecutive covers. All of those wins by double digits. This is typically a spot they play well in. And it's a, obviously a bounce-back spot. It's a huge game. I think the opening script here is going to be kind of huge. What team kind of establishes the tempo of this game and how this is played? I think Cohen's scripts have been really good here the last really three weeks, I would say, uh, in my opinion. I think we'll I think we see another one, another good one against a defense that's got some holes and that's banged up. That's like we talked about the Wallace drop off at linebacker. That's a big drop off from Missouri at corner uh without Rakestraw. Because what Pete teams were doing were they were kind of more willing to attack Abrams drain, uh, avoiding Rakestraw. Now you could just avoid Abrams drain altogether and you just go at this new cornerback. I think we'll see that. I think Kentucky gets off to a fast start and kind of sets the tempo of the game. But if they don't and they get behind, that's where they I think they could get in trouble. So a fast start is a critical um, here, I believe. Well, and and, and you just have to tackle keeping, Burden. I mean, go ahead. I was just to say, in keeping Ray Davis in the game, like he's your best player right. on offense. He has to be a part of it. He couldn't be a part of it because they got too far behind. Like you have to – those numbers he's – like look at – you did the on-pace numbers, I think, on the board. and yeah, 1,400 I, yards. But even the receiving ones, dudes, he's yeah. he has more receiving touchdowns than anyone on Kentucky's football team. I mean, you have to keep him in the game. And that starts by scoring early. And gets back to the receivers. Nick, they're about to play some bad pass defenses. Missouri, South Carolina, and Mississippi State are all bad. That offense has got to come alive right now. Like, they got to come. That passing game has got to come alive. So, they got to figure something out right now. And we'll see if they can. I, I don't want to overreact too much to the Georgia game. Uh, and I do think it's important to realize, like, Florida's got a good pass defense. And Georgia's got the best secondary in the country. Leary needs to be better, but his two worst games came against the two best pass defenses Kentucky has seen by far. Now they're getting away from that. And those might those are probably – Alabama will be the second best. But those three are kind of in a class of their own, I would say, as far as pass defense goes. Now you're going to catch a little break in the schedule here. 
let's see that pass game get going. Like you got to get Barry and Brown going. I think last week was a good week for Dan Key. Tavian Robinson to me is just like you just don't know what you're going to get from him in these games. But you got to have Key and you got to have Brown and you got to find a way to maybe get some tight ends involved. And that's going to be huge. And this is a week where you should be able to scheme up some stuff in the pass game. And you ride Davis for a, a, what should be a good game. I think they're going to have some ways to get the run game going. Kentucky should score some points in this game, and they should move the football. Um, and then on defense, like a lot of it is just tackling burden and then getting some pressure on Brady Cook. The pass rush disappeared last week at Georgia, Nick. They just got mm-hmm. swallowed up by that Georgia offensive line. they got to find a way to get that pass rush rolling. But uh, Trevor Wallace has a lot of that. And if he's yeah, not yeah. there, like that's a big worry for me. Like who do you play there in this spot? And then that had to, how much does that maybe hurt your run defense? in there it's just that's a big worry heading into this week but I do like the spot for Kentucky um, and I do like how their offense matches up with this Missouri defense I think they'll be able to score some points it feels like a good time to back Kentucky's defense after just getting blistered Um, but you have to worry I do worry about those safeties this week like can they leverage the football and can they get burdened on the ground or they do they get sucked up and make some mistakes I mean they, they they need to play some good football are we going to back Kentucky? Well, let's check it out with the FanDuel Sportsbook single game parlay of the week. We got a couple of them right last week. Look at I've determined that we're going to go big once again. But if things are getting hairy, maybe we just shrink these down to like three at a time. Just to, you know, you, you want to see, you, you got to hit some layups, right? Um, just like this Kentucky offense. But we do believe that the Kentucky offense will get it going against Missouri. Betting the over, hitting a Dane Key anytime touchdown, a Ray Davis early touchdown, Barry on Brown to finally get cooking with the receiving yards. And like it, I've noticed that Theo Reese Jr. from Missouri has been hot in the last couple of weeks, couple hundred yard receiving games, making big plays. As much as I'm worried about Burden, I think he could get a couple where maybe they're giving Burden too much attention to get to that over mark. So this is another single game parlay, though, like it that's plus twenty three hundred and change. So a ten dollar bet could win two hundred and thirty seven dollars, give or take. So yeah. it's another big one, but we're we're gonna go deep. Well, at least one more week before we maybe try to make it a little bit easier on ourselves. Yeah, an SEC play, Nick Missouri's got a sixty two point nine percent pass rate, so they're not running the ball all that often. Kentucky should be one of the better run defenses they face. Like, I could definitely see a scenario where Kentucky just totally takes that run game away and Cook maybe has to throw it towards 50 times, and then you're getting a lower number there on Weiss, who's their clear number two target. Instead of – I think Burden's up at 103, 104 yards. You get it was it was 107. That was a lot. And I, yeah. you know, I wasn't willing to do that with uh, Burden because – And then, yeah. And then with yeah. Barry on, like, he's got to break – something's got to happen here at some point. Like, But it wasn't that long ago where I thought he played good against Vanderbilt. Like, he went over 100 yards, hit the big double move, um, had a couple other receptions, and then had that nice reception on the side, on the right sideline in the fourth quarter. Um, and we've kind of forgotten about that. But against Florida, he had the drop. But I, I thought he played a good two good games, and then last week was disappointing. So, But you feel like we're due for him to have a big game at some point. Mm-hmm. So over 42 and a half, maybe this is the spot that it comes in. Well, and maybe Marion has some extra motivation here, Nick, with Luther Burden having the year he's having on the other sideline, same recruiting class. Maybe, maybe so, maybe so. So jump on, ride with us on the FanDuel Sportsbook, official partners of Kentucky Sports Radio and 11 personnel. Visit FanDuel 
com slash personnel. Sign up today. $5 bet. You're going to receive 200 in bonus bets. Don't forget, when you get those bonus bets, you got a week to cash them. So fire away early and often. FanDuel.com slash personnel. Must be 21 and over. President of Kentucky. First online. Real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is not withdrawable. Bonus bets, which expires seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at FanDuel Sportsbook or sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Look it. We have been having some. So I hope that you are subscribed to the column because you went, was it five and one on the column last week? I was. We did. I was firing away. The pigskin preview, I think, was five and one as well. It was. Um, Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm crushing with NFL plays. I'm still a little too nervous to start sharing those because I've been doing so well and they've been last minute. You know how it is. (laughs) Like, I, I just get nervous, but we're. We're feeling it right now. We had to feel it before we got into Georgia last week, but uh, we're going to have some more picks tomorrow on the Pickskin preview. So Love the card this week. Getting it down to three. Um, maybe a little bit of chore, but there, there's some, some I feel really, really good about. There's some um, big games this weekend, so we're going to be talking about all that. on the Yeah, you look at the spreads this week, Nick, there's a ton of like touchdown or less conference yeah. games spread-wise, and that's exciting. We're getting into a nice, fun part of the year. It's also ripe to get some wins, too, because a lot of those close games, they end up getting hairy, especially in the NFL, you know? Yeah. If Kentucky wins Saturday and Tennessee – say Kentucky and A&M both win Saturday, um, I think there's a puncher's chance that game day could come to Lexington. If you look at the card that week, it's not great. You mean if Tennessee beats A&M? Yeah. 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 But they have to play Bama next week. That's probably a loss at Bama, but – Kentucky, ranked Kentucky hosting ranked Tennessee. I could see potentially game day coming here. So uh, that one is realistic. They'll probably end up doing some like G5 game or something or an FCS game because the card is pretty light. But if you're looking at best power five games that day, that's up there. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe game day gets in the mix there. Well, we'll if Kentucky certainly. wins Saturday, got to win on Saturday. You got to win on Saturday. And I can't underestimate, too, just the importance of having a rowdy crowd, Kroger Field. And look, it, a lot of the stuff that we let off the show with, I know we're running a little bit long, but I do think that – I think a lot of it's just that taking losses is tougher now that you've been a top 25 team. Like, they just hurt a little yeah. bit harder. We react a little bit differently. And you know what? For me, I'm one of those, two. It takes me till about Wednesday. Um, I, I, You know, the coaches and players, they've got, like, the 24-hour rule. I don't buy that. I think it takes a little bit longer for them as well. But, like, for fans, I think it takes till about Wednesday. And I, I do believe that some of the early week just kind of discontent will will turn into energy and excitement and a fervor to beat Eli Drinkwitz's ass yeah. on Saturday. Yeah, I think it's going to end up being a good crowd. I think there might that might even have rallied. Um, some fans in a, in a certain way. And I think we'll see that, you know, first Keeneland double dip. Uh, but the program, they've got to get better, Nick, in those primetime games. Like, no, oh, yeah, they're getting yeah. blasted in some of those stages. And that's, that's gotta, that's gotta stop. But the way for, I think, to the stop, you gotta get better on offense. Like, you gotta be able to score some points in these games. And that's and maybe, really maybe it starts this week. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You get a, a huge game. Like, this game is really, the ultimate swing game, even more so to me than Florida, because I just thought Kentucky was better than Florida. 
Um, where this, I think Missouri is a better football team than Florida. And so um, it's a little bit tougher, and I think the matchup's a little tougher for Kentucky, but they've got to dig down and find a way to get this done. I think it lines mm-hmm. up well on the spot, uh, but your pass defense has to make some plays, and your offense got to go score some points. We'll see if they can do it. 7.30, the first SEC Network special of the year, Tom Hart, Jordan Rogers, Cole Kublik on the call. It's going to be a doozy. We can't wait to see you there. Pigskin preview coming tomorrow on the KSR YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribed right now. And don't forget, too, if you aren't on KS board for Watkins Gambling Column, 50% off for the year right now. Flash sale for Mizzou and Big Blue Madness. Sign up today. Go Cats and uh, go Kroger.